talk about the best non-quarterbacks available in the transfer portal. Who would win between 1997 Michigan and 2020 Alabama? And Oklahoma and Texas got their SEC schedules. And I'm sure that when I tell you about it, you're going to think it's all very fair. Let's go. It's the number one college football show. What's up, kinfolk? Welcome to the number one college football show. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcast. As I said on the show at the top, we're going to talk about 97 Michigan versus 2020 Alabama. We're going to talk about the best non-quarterbacks in the transfer portal in this 2024 class. But I want to talk about the SEC. In particular, I want to talk about two teams that are joining the SEC as we got to see what their schedules actually look like. Now, we've done a segment like this in the past, but now we got dates and days. And I got to believe that right off the top, if you are the SEC schedule maker and you find yourself walking through downtown Austin, you should not be paying for drinks. You should not be paying for drinks. Everybody should high-five you, and they should just give you a Longhorn T-shirt because that's how these schedules feel, all right? I'm going to start with Oklahoma on this one because I'm looking at this Oklahoma schedule. And while 2020 Arkansas might be like Primeo River, RJ, and you know what? I got it. I understand that schedule was, was garbage, and I hate it for y'all. But this, 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 I mean, let me just get into this. We got Tennessee at home, all right? You know what I'm saying? It's not too late for Tennessee to go ahead and hire Butch Jones, and we can bring Eric Stryker back on the sideline, and we can do what we did, you know, at Neyland. But, you know, Josh Heupel got to come home and, you know, got to gotta leave him on the pat on the behind saying you're doing a good job. It's not Oklahoma, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's going to be number one on that one. But that's that's off the top because they moved the Georgia game away from us because Georgia ain't want to come over here to start again. You know what I'm saying? We'll get that in a little bit. And then at Auburn. And while I don't think that Auburn is nobody, Auburn gave Georgia and Alabama the what for and the how now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a 6-6 six six team that could have just as easily been 8-4 and four with two of the best wins in college football this season. And that's in Hugh Freeze's year one. Now, this is also an Auburn team that got stomped out by New Mexico State at Jordanaire. And I still don't know what to do with that one because Jerry Kill is defending one of his players urinating on a logo at University of New Mexico, but but also can go to Auburn and win by three touchdowns. Like, uh, New Mexico State is a wild ride. But you know what? So it's Auburn. It's a wild boy. It's a wild boy. And that's first uh, SEC challenge for Oklahoma on the road. Then we got Texas, right? That's at the Cotton Bowl, and I'm glad to see that they're renovating the Cotton Bowl because you ain't never been to the Cotton Bowl. It's in the middle of the Texas State Fair. And the Texas State Fair... Don't really take care of the Cotton Bowl. I've been down in the Cotton Bowl for Oklahoma Tech. been down in the Cotton Bowl to see Lionel Messi and Ronaldo both play. I ain't had a good time because Cotton Bowl ain't that much fun to sit around in. I mean, you, you're still pissing at a trough, okay? I'm glad to see that they're going to elevate the level of prestige for this game now that Oklahoma and Texas have joined the SEC. Then you got South Carolina. It ain't that South Carolina is bad. It's not that South Carolina is good. It's that it, South Carolina is tough. So, like, all four of these games start. They tough. Ain't no easy wins in here. Ain't no Vanderbilt in the first half of this schedule. And then, then, then there's at Ole Miss, who went 10 and 2 and only lost to Jordan, Alabama this year. They're going to play in a, in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Then there's at Missouri, also really great SEC football team in 2023. They're playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game. They're playing Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Then there's Alabama who's playing the college football playoff 
and who everybody in their mama is picking to beat the number one team in the country. Then there's at LSU. See now, this is kind of like putting mayonnaise on my brisket. It's like putting ketchup in my orange juice. This is like putting artisanal on my beer. Either you're trying to kill me or you're trying to insult me. Either way, I ain't got no choice but to take that personal impunitive. What, what the hell is the schedule? It's, Tennessee at Auburn, Texas, South Carolina at Ole Miss, at Missouri, Alabama at LSU. Jiminy Christmas. Now, I was trying to tell folks that I was not excited about Oklahoma joining the SEC because I like winning 10 games. I like going 12 and 2. I like running the conference, Big 12 be damn. But you know what? Oklahoma fans have always thought themselves to be SEC members because if you know anything about your Oklahoma history, yeah, okay, we fit right in. But also because, you know, got tired of carrying the Big 12. Texas wasn't really doing its job, hadn't been doing its job for about 15 or 18 years, quite honestly, uh, 2009. So, yeah, 14 years, you know. Finally got back on the good foot for the first time in forever. But yeah, Oklahoma fans, they wanted to move to the SEC. And I'm like, hey, dog. <laughs> hey, dog, I don't know that we want them problems week in and week out. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Big Ten feels like an easier fit right now than the SEC because it's really Ohio State and it's Michigan. Like, Penn State is shown. It's Penn State. You know what I'm saying? They'll go beat Auburn, but we not Auburn. We Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? Nebraska's still on the floor. Iowa doesn't have an offense. I can keep going here. You know what I'm saying? To say nothing of what, you know, Oklahoma fans would give to play a Lincoln-Riley-USC team right now. But this schedule is bunk. Like, I, I got no choice but to say bring it. You know, I ain't got no choice but to say, all right, let's get on the good foot. Let's go to work. Because they, they're trying to kill us in year one. They've, they've thrown everybody but Georgia at us. By the way, if you're going to do something like this, SEC schedule makers, and you're going to troll the University of Oklahoma, throw Georgia in the mix. I mean, look, no doubt here. Okay, let everybody know that we have picked Oklahoma to be the only team in the entire college football world to have this schedule. Good Lord. At LSU, Bama, Mizzou, and Ole Miss to finish the year? All right, fine. Hey, Jackson Arnold, dog, look, this is a Heisman schedule right here, dog. If you can get it done, man, ain't nobody going to turn down nothing but this turtleneck that they got on, but... Good night. So we got that to look forward to. Meanwhile, down south at the highfalutin University of Texas, they got Mississippi State to open. Who is Mississippi State? To be, to be, to be quite clear, who is, who is Mississippi State? Then they got Georgia, right, but they get Georgia at home. Love to get Georgia at home. Y'all ain't got to go on the road to Athens? Then you get Florida. Florida ain't nobody. I mean, Billy Napier right now being negatively recruited by God. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude said, God told me that I'm supposed to go to Texas, meaning he's not supposed to go to Florida. Talk about being negatively recruited. Damn, I don't know how you're going to come back from that one. But DJ Lagway might be a dude. You know what I'm saying? But Florida, Florida, they, they've lost some dudes. Chris Marshall gone. You know? Princely Uman Malin is gone. Oh, I'm just saying. Kentucky? Fine. Brock Vandegrift? I love Brock Vandegrift. I think he's great. I think that Mark Stoops has been doing a damn great job, but it's still Kentucky. 
It's still, it's still Kentucky. And what has Kentucky won? I'm saying, how, it, to, to paraphrase Dan Lanning, when is the last time that Kentucky affected winning in that conference? Okay. okay. At Vanderbilt. Why do we get to call Vanderbilt an SEC opponent now? Yeah, I, AJ going to LSU, and I get that, right? London Humphreys, he looked like Ole Miss. But it was no disrespect to Clark Lee. I understand y'all love y'all to so Clark Lee, but only thing that Vanderbilt be contribute to the SEC is its money. Glorified donors to the SEC cause. But y'all get the Commodores. Y'all, no, excuse me. Y'all get to go to Nashville. It's not even a road game. That's Nashville. That's, that's Vanderbilt. You're going to have a road game. You got to play the Titans, not the Vanderbilt Commodores. Okay? The Commodores ain't been relevant since Lionel Richie was the lead singer. At Arkansas. Man, I love me some Sam Pittman. I really do. And that dude wants to be the head coach of Arkansas more than anybody else in the world. I swear for the Lord, because he hired Bobby Petrino to be his offense coordinator. You want to talk about looking over your shoulder. And then you bring in Taylor Green because you're losing K.J. Jefferson. You lost Rocket Sanders to South Carolina. And, and as bad as I want Arkansas to be good, they're not. You got to go to Arkansas. Fine. And then the one game that everybody and their mama want to see, y'all playing Texas A&M. And to make Texas A&M feel good, y'all got to go to A&M before y'all got to go to DK or they got to go to DKR. And you get Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. This schedule feels very Bama-ish. Feels very Georgia-ish. You know what I'm saying? Feels like the schedule makers are like, well, we would like to make the road as clean as possible for Texas to get to the SEC championship game in their first year. Because that's what this looks like. Like, I'm, I'm looking at this. Put another way. Oklahoma got to play six teams that are ranked in the top 25 of this year's college football playoff rankings, top 25 heading into the New Year's Six Bowl game. Six. And that's just an SEC play alone. Texas has three, and that's including Michigan. And here y'all are trying to tell me, hey, RJ, we got to play Michigan. I don't give a damn. You got Georgia. You got Michigan. You got Oklahoma. Oklahoma, you just you stuck with us. We stuck with y'all. Right, that game ain't going nowhere. I'm glad to see this staying in the Cotton Bowl, not moving to even the Jerry World. I'm, I'm glad the Cotton Bowl people decided to put up their money. But the rest of this, you know, and I'm doing the high pitch thing. People going uh, accuse me of whatever it is they accuse the voice of. Some people look at my face and look at this beard and expect me to be Barry White. I don't know, but point here being, I got no choice but to feel some kind of way about this. Okay, that's the flagship down there in Texas, right? That's the that they they think they big and they bad. We just wanted to play good football teams, but now we got to bite off this in year one while they get that. I'm just saying, call it both ways. They don't seem like they want to call it both ways. Feels like they're trying to set Oklahoma up to fail. So all they going Oklahoma's just gonna have to run through this schedule and leave no doubt. And you know what? I hate that Oklahoma got this schedule as we go to a 12 team playoff. You know why? Because if Oklahoma ran through this schedule and did what Florida State did this year. Ain't nobody in a mama going to tell us anything other than Oklahoma is the national champ. Had we had the bowl alliance in place, Oklahoma would be the national champ. They run through that schedule. But as it is, the best they can hope for is a number one ranked seed in a 12 team playoff of all the years to pull this out your keister, out your behind and hand it to Oklahoma. You got to do it in the 12 team playoff format. Fine. Well, you know what? Whatever. What, what, whatever, whatever. Oh, I'm beside myself. Cause now now I'm gonna have to watch Texas people try to tell me that they play a tough schedule because they gotta play Michigan. Michigan might want to buy y'all out of that game. Y'all ain't been paying attention to Michigan non-conference games. They don't give a damn. They don't want none of y'all. 
Y'all might not have to play that. But given that that might be a national championship game, they might keep it on the schedule. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we got we might have to play Michigan back to back years. So, so Oklahoma had Clemson, Alabama, the LSU, and Georgia. Four out of five years, finish the year. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me about what you might have to do against Michigan, who ain't won no national championship since 1997. It's the number one ranked team in the country, and everybody picking number four Alabama to beat them. Get out of here with that. All right, let me get up off Oklahoma playing 300% more ranked SEC opponents than Texas. And into the best non-quarterbacks who have entered their name into the transfer portal. We say non-quarterbacks because, well, this is a quarterback-driven, uh, I should say, it's a quarterback-friendly show in a quarterback-driven sport, okay? That said, you got 10 other dudes on the football field on the offense. You got 11 other dudes on the football field on the defense. I want to talk about a few of those, right? So at number five, I got former Texas A&L offensive lineman Chase Bicentis, who, uh, Bisantis, my bad, Chase, Bisantis, who I think is going to be an outstanding addition to somebody. Like Michigan, he was... Uh, really into Ohio State before A&M bit. Perhaps Coach Prime could pull another rabbit out of a hat and get another five-star offensive line talent to Colorado. But I think that that dude is absolutely going to affect winning at a high level. It's just about where does he end up picking? Maybe Ole Miss, because that seems to be where everybody else is picking to go right now. Number four on the list, I got former Florida edge rusher, Princely Uman Millen, who is, well, again, another dude who looking like Ole Miss. Also a dude that was once interested in Oklahoma, right? We'll see what his buddy Chris Marshall want to do. Maybe he want to come back home. Only dude, by the way, who is out there talking about uh, North Tulsa. I'm, I'm really loving this. So number three on the list, I got Georgia cornerback Nylon Green. I could just as easily put A.J. Harris there, right? Maybe they're looking at Ole Miss. Who knows? Uh, former Oklahoma offensive lineman. I could have had two on here. Uh, I like Aaron Parks in this spot. I know a lot of people are going to put Caden Green in that spot. I understand. I've known Aaron for longer. I understand what Aaron is about, and I think that he's going to be a dude that affects winning at a high level. And then a number one on the list, Walter Nolan, who's the number one rated player in the transfer portal that doesn't play quarterback. Outstanding defensive tackle at AM, had four sacks this year in his true freshman season. He is looking hard at going to the Grove, moving up to Oxford, along with some other dudes that have already decided that they want to transfer to Ole Miss. So, I got him at one. I got Walter Nolan at one. But, I, you know, maybe I could have put Juice Wells there, who's a wide receiver transferring from South Carolina to Ole Miss. Maybe I could have put Chris Paul Jr. there, who's a linebacker who's transferring to Ole Miss. Maybe I could have put Tyler Barron there or maybe London Humphreys. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these dudes are looking at Ole Miss, and I find this interesting. I find this interesting because Lane Kiffin has said some things in the past that would make you believe he feels about the transfer portal the way that Dabo Sweeney does. Far from it. Far, 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 far from it if you're looking at what he does and not what he says. As a matter of fact, before the 2023 season began, he had taken 39 players out of the portal in the last two years, notably Jackson Dart, Zach Evans, right, to join guys like Quinshawn Judkins and turn them into an outstanding program. Like, again, they won 10 games, and their losses are to the SEC champ, and the two-time defending national champ, Alabama and Georgia, right? So he is trying to build a roster that can compete with them. As a matter of fact, after they got stopped out by Georgia, one of the things that he had to say that I thought was really interesting was, first, that the defense gave up 10 yards per play, and he didn't think that he'd ever been a part of a defense that had done that. 
hey, man, um, we'd seen Pete Golden's movies. Maybe you hadn't seen Pete Golden's movies, but you hired the dude away from Alabama and Nick Saban let him walk. I also think that it's interesting that you're talking about a dude who is, again, on the Wii Out here, kids go to where they're going to get paid the most. Free agency has been created in college football. He even took it farther in some other comments, uh, particularly over there with Feinbaum when he's talking about, hey, or not Feinbaum, excuse me, SEC Media Days when he was saying, we let boosters pay players, which means we're enabling cheating. You know, it's no longer what college football is about. Here's my thing. It's one thing for you to get on your post game against Georgia and say, hey, they got one, they, we got one five-star, they got 24 or something. It's another thing for you to be mad that your defense is giving up 10 yards per play. It is quite another for you to say things like, this is the uh, disaster waiting, NIL and transfer portal. They're going to get paid to go to school, so it's pay for play. And then you are the self-professed portal king, and your entire university leans into that part of your image. Okay? It feels like, you know, you're saying some things or have said some things in the past that might be construed as hypocritical. I'm here for the players getting paid, though. Like, not for nothing, dog, but we've been paying players since the turn of the 20th century. Maybe y'all haven't read a book, but I can point you to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, not only paying players to play for their college football team, but those same players would go across state lines to play for another college football team on the same day because they were getting paid. Okay? Use your GI Bill to come to Oklahoma. I just left Iowa pre-flight to go take the head coaching job at Oklahoma. I would like to fill the rosters with 25, 26, and 27-year-old men. That's what Bud Wilkinson did. And he won 47 games in a row and was quite literally one of the greatest college football coaches who ever lived. Using the portal of its day. I'll even take it earlier, right, or a little bit later. Bill Yeoman was head coach at Houston. And he was caught handing out cash money in envelopes to his players. And these allegations didn't surface until 1986 when the Houston Post caught wind of it and got wind of it to the to the tune of affidavits in which Bill Yeoman was handed out money, 26 grand a year, five grand there. Over the course of 1970s, 1980s, Houston made that man retire. But what did he do? He won football game. And by the way, solidified Houston as a program that absolutely positively wants to win football games. Hello. That's what they want at Ole Miss. Y'all are the Houston of the SEC. You're really good. You're very enjoyable. I enjoy your movies. But I need you to start acting like what you are, or she's talking like what you're acting like. You know what I'm saying? I need Lane Kiffin to lean into this. Lean into, hey, would you like to get paid? Like, do, do the whole After Dark infomercial. Would you like to get paid to play football? Would you like to enjoy thousands of dollars in cars and cash? Would you like to go to school on the side? Then come on down to the University of Mississippi. We will hook you right up. Because that's, I mean, that's basically what we're all doing at this point. I just don't like the way we're talking about it. I love the transfer portal. I love the transfer portal because if a coach can take a head coaching job at the end of a year, because he don't like the situation he is in, why can't a player? You know, and not for nothing, but we're getting legislators on board with this because they're like, hey, hey, this whole multi-transfer thing where you got to sit out, ax that, 86 that. We're not here for that. We want our college football team to be good, and we want our kids to have freedoms to move, just like coaches got freedom to move, to which people are going contractually obligated. Uh-huh. Yeah, contractually obligated to pay that buyout. Hello? Hey, what happened to signing a name image, or excuse me, name image, uh, a national letter of intent? I don't know what happened to signing a contract. 
worth millions of dollars that you chose to break so you could take another job elsewhere, as happens every single year. I mean, I get on this soapbox because it is personal to me. And I believe that you should be, out, be able to get what you're worth. And if somebody wants to pay you an obscene amount of money to do a job, I'm an American. That's what we do. We go get the money. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to be great, yeah, you're going to throw money into your program. That's how these things work. And not for nothing, but I come at this from I did not play the sport in college football, okay? I did not get to go to college football games as a kid. My parents ain't got that kind of loot. You know what I'm saying? My way in was to watch television. I got to know Gary Danielson like everybody else. I got to know Brent Musburger like everybody else. I had Keith Jackson in my ears on Saturdays like everybody else. So when you rise to a high level in your profession outside of football, let's say the oil industry, let's say you got millions of dollars and the only thing that you really cared about was Texas A&M football. If you had money that you thought would help that Texas A&M football program win a national championship, you would throw your money at it because it means that much to you for Texas A&M football to be great. And we're the people that make this sport go. As much as I love these coaches and I love these players, we got 130 FBS coaches and we got 11,000 Division I players and we got millions and millions of college football fans and all of us think that we know better. Fine. If they say put your money where your mouth is and you're willing to do that, go do that, dog. And if you're a kiddo and you're in the portal and you're looking for the best deal for yourself, make sure you know what you're getting into. That's all. Outside of that, hey, Lane, seem like you're cleaning up. Seem like Ole Miss is going to be about its business in 2024 as Oklahoma and Texas are joining up and y'all get a piece of us. So, hey, 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 just, just dial it back on the whole, hey, ruining college football bit. That's all I'm asking. Just, just don't do that no more. You can tell me that you don't like the way the sport is going, but that don't make you any different than Nick Saban, except, let me make this very clear. Nick Saban has been coaching football since 1971. Nick Saban has been winning at a high level in every decade since. The rules change. The players change. The television rights change. The conferences change. Nick Saban continues to win football games. Man got on the days and said, do we want offensive football to be this? As, you know, got beat down by Texas A&M, got beat down by Ole Miss. You know what he did? Came back one national championships. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying you could be mad about it. You can even talk about it like you don't like it, but don't go do it and then tell us that we're all in on it. We're in on it too. That's all. So let's be a family about this. You know, let's keep it in-house. Let's get control of what we got. Let's go watch some football. Let's go play some football. Let's go coach some football. All right. Let's go from that where I'm talking about the non- best non-quarterback prospects in the 2024 transfer portal, basically how Ole Miss is hoovering them, to what it was like before the transfer portal was even thought of. In 1997, when the Michigan Wolverines last won a share of the national title, outstanding football team. And I've got to meet a number of those players, uh, most notably uh, Chris Howard, who is the leading tailback on that team, had 938 yards on the ground, Charles Woodson does a lot of stuff for Fox uh, and one of the great players that our sport has ever produced going both ways. I wonder what a Lloyd Carr might have been able to do in a transfer portal era or whether or not, you know, it would have been helpful to him. Would he have gotten a Marcus Ray? Would he have been able to keep Tom Brady from transferring? Those sorts of things. Would, Bi <laughs> would, would Brian Greasy still be the dude starting quarterback or would they be like, hey, I got to get Tom Brady in there. He might transfer. That might be interesting. On the other hand, transfer portal has been in an away for about three years when 2020 Alabama comes along. 
2020 Alabama is one of my favorite football teams. One of my favorite football teams because they went 13-0 at a time when it was just damn impossible to play 13 games in a season. COVID restrictions did that. We all dealt with it. We lived through it. It was tough, right? But that Alabama football team had its head coach test positive for COVID, yet the rest of those players managed to keep themselves disciplined and stay on the football field and win football games. Mac Jones was a glorified point guard on an otherwise outstanding football team. I mean, Najee, my God, Devontae, my God, Jalen, my God, you know, Christian Harris. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just I keep going down that uh, list of uh, players on that team. I'm going, damn, were they really that good? Yeah, yeah, they 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 were really that good. Devontae Smith was really that good. So we went back to a favorite here at the number one college football show. We brought out versus, which means my man Javion Duncan is going to get into his bag and look for that graphic on the tweets, on the socials, and tell us what you think because this is really centered around what you think, and we like to see your retweets and your likes and how you're going to reason. Would 1997 Michigan defeat 2020 Alabama, or would 2020 Alabama defeat 1997 Michigan? I'm here for the battles. Charles Wizard versus Devontae Smith, sign me up. Marcus Ray versus Jalen Waddle. you know, when Jalen got his ankle. Sign me up. I would love to see how Brian Greasy navigates Jordan Battle on the back end. You know what I'm saying? Can he move him with his eyes? I would love to see who wins a towel-waving contest between Tom Brady and Bryce Young because ain't neither one of them going to see the football field. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is fun for me, and that's one of the reasons that we like doing this because it's one of these hypotheticals that nobody knows the answer to, and that's really baked into the sport because we're always going to argue about saying who won the 1966 National Championship. Was it Michigan State? Was it Penn State? I think it was Michigan State, but you know what? That's just me. Anyway, I would love to know if you think Chris Howard would get stopped in a hole by Will Anderson off tackle. You know what I'm saying? I would love to hear what you think on that. For myself, I'm not counting the All-Americans. I'm not even counting the Heisman winners. I am looking at the roster top to bottom. I'm looking at modern football. I'm looking at Michigan. In that age of the Big Ten, I'm going, Alabama might beat y'all by three touchdowns, dog. I love you, Charles. I do. I love Marcus. I love Chris. Y'all might get beat down. That 2020 Alabama team was not one to be trucked with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have, if I was an Alabama fan, I would have been living my best life because even in a literal plague, we are undefeated and we are unstoppable and we have the Heisman winner at wide receiver. We're that loaded. Can't nobody do nothing with us. Can't say that about that 97 Michigan team. Why share the national championship? But you know what? I would love to see them line up play each other and see who won the football game. However, I don't think it's going to be that much different than Alabama playing Michigan in the Rose Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal. I will tell you why I think Alabama is going to beat number one ranked Michigan in the college football playoff semifinal. When we come back on December 28th to do our college football playoff semifinal preview show where we're going to take a look at Texas versus Washington, Michigan versus Alabama, go through the X's and O's of it, the X factors of it, the players in it, what the stakes are. Really excited about that show because that is what we are built to do here at the number one college football show. We care about who is winning the national championship. We throw everything we have into that weekend, into those games, into the national title game itself. Really looking forward to getting back in front of the microphone and telling y'all what we think. And getting your opinions on what you think is going to happen and why. That said, again, we'll be going dark until December 28th. So this Thursday show is the last time you will hear from us. 
until after Christmas. And that is going to do it for this episode of the number one college football show. Our number one college football show leads of screening are Jack Coakley and Torin Westfall. They make us better in the film room. Production assistant Kiara Santana puts the special in our special team. Social producer Javion Duncan makes sure the recruits and the rivals see the cake we bake. Chaz Boulay is sending in the signals. Senior producer Catherine Cordaggi sees the entire field from the booth. Lead producer Tyler Wojak calls the plays from the sideline and the play snaps on my clap. We're going to be back December 28th. Talk about the college football playoff semifinals. Until then, stay low. Keep those feet driving. Deuces. <laughs>